Eye on the Arctic. Views from the North. I'm Alicia Quinn. All year long, Eye on the Arctic brings you news and newsmakers from around the North. But as 2018 draws to a close, we're turning our eye on this year's media coverage, and to do that, we're turning to some of our expert Eye on the Arctic bloggers, and so we can get their take on this year's Arctic news, what the media got right, what we got wrong, and what we should be keeping our eyes on in the year ahead. And in this installment, we've reached Heather Exner Perot. She's a managing editor at Arctic Yearbook, and that's a peer-reviewed publication devoted to the North. And we reached her today in Saskatoon, in the Canadian province of Saskatchewan. Heather Exner Perot, hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. All right. So before we get into 2019, let's look back at news coverage in 2018 and how it compared to other years. Well,、um, for me, the, you know, the the big story or the takeaway is that the coverage has been roughly the same for five, six, eight, ten years, and and that's what's fascinating is that、uh, that you know the narrative about the Arctic, how Southerners,、uh, urban dwellers perceive the Arctic, is so entrenched、uh, that you know we're kind of reading the same story over and over again in the mainstream media. So thank goodness for、uh, small outlets like yourself to cover some. Uh, you know more local aspects and a bit more nuanced in some of the stories. Now that's disappointing because I thought maybe in 2018 we would maybe started to see the ship turn a little bit. But from your point of view, it was just more of the same. I yes, I, it is, and、uh, you know I, I wrote a recent article about it. But、um, you know, there's a formula. You see the same graphs, the same you know sea ice extent from 1979, the same sea routes. Uh, you know the same map of Russia, the same、uh, you know map on the top of the world, kind of in every single article. And and、uh, maybe if you're not a keen Arctic observer, you don't notice that it's the same article over and over again.、Uh, but those of us who follow it closely、uh, have read it all before. And it's a very good point that you mentioned your very very well received blog on the subject that it first appeared on Arctic Today in English and and in French on Regards à l'Arctic, the French version of the Eye on the Arctic site. We'll definitely post a link to that. Something all of our Our readers should leave and hopefully get a laugh about. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and、um, now let's look back. If you had to pull sort of two of the big Arctic stories、um, in 2018, what are the two that you think marked the year for you most? Yeah, and that's a, you know this you know it was a little bit more of of the same too. If I had to describe 2018, it feels like everything's a bit of a holding pattern.、Uh, that、um, not that much has changed.、And、even for the Arctic Yearbook, we do a timeline of of events, and、um, there wasn't anything really that moved the needle. Yes, things happened,、uh, but there's nothing that really changed. You know, kind of what the baseline was. And I think you know some of the bigger stories internationally. China had a white paper on the Arctic.、Um, Trump and Putin、uh, met in Helsinki,、uh, and you know. Those are interesting stories, but nothing really changed there、uh, in Canada. I will say,、um, when、uh, Minister Dominic Leblanc came onto the scene in August,、uh, some things, you know, there was a lot more action and a lot less talk, but still, everyone's kind of waiting for that Arctic policy framework to come out. And、um, in terms of、uh, the Arctic Council. Do you notice a difference when the we had the the back to back North American chairmanships? Is there a difference that you've noticed since the the Arctic Council chairmanship moved to to Finland and back to Europe,、um, or or do you think it's sort of just the same thing? 
Uh, you know, it's a, it was maybe interesting uh, a little bit to see how Americans covered the Arctic Council and being introduced to it. Canada was interesting for me as a Canadian to see how the Canadian government was handling it. Uh, so that is, you know, uh, it is interesting to see how the Finns are doing it. I don't think it, for myself, it's a particularly exciting chairmanship. Everyone thinks it's well run. The Finns are doing a great job managing it. Uh, but there isn't anything... I guess, exciting or transformative that I can see coming down the pipeline. So I'll be looking forward in 2019 to see if they can pull up anything for the chairmanship, but I can't see it coming down the road at this point. And was there an Arctic story or something that you felt was overlooked, underreported, or just didn't get the attention it deserved? Well, you know, one story that I would love to hear more about is uh, kind of Natano Bed and, and the ITK taking really more and more power uh, over issues that affect Inuit. And for me, to, as a political scientist, this is a fascinating move, I would say, uh, because, you know, the territories, other governments that maybe have more of a mandate or more authority on some of these issues, for example, tuberculosis or mental health, um, are, are kind of standing by and letting ITK move into these uh, areas where the ITK has not been before. And so I'm fascinated to see how this is all going to play out. Does the ITK have the capacity uh, to do this? Does it have the funding? Um, you know, what are the governance implications? And no one's, uh, everyone's kind of just stepping aside and, let, and letting Obed do his thing. And certainly, you know, to his credit, but I'm very curious as, as to how this will play out. And besides the tuberculosis file, are there other aspects of this that, that you've been following? I mean, I mean, it seems like every week, uh, you know, there's a, a new announcement from the ITK, even on environmental protection or economic development or education or new governance uh, relations uh, with Canada. Um, there's, you know, there obviously a lot of energy, a lot of momentum. And I'm just wondering when, for example, the, the territory of Nunavut might have something to say about it. And uh, so we are now almost at the end of the year. We're going to leave 2018 behind for a moment and look ahead to 2019. Um, You're an Arctic expert. You're a keen watcher of everything that's going on nationally and internationally. What are the two or three big stories or issues you're going to be watching for that you're going to be curious about in the new year? Yeah, so nationally, and I think I said this a year ago, I was looking for the Arctic policy for in 2018, and it didn't happen. Right. And I'm assured that it should be happening, uh, you know, in the next few months. So I'm very curious as what's going to be in there. Um, you know, how ambitious will it be? How will it be received? Uh, what kind of money will it be attached? And, and mostly what I'm curious about is, is it going to be more of the same, or is there going to be something different about the way, um, you know, the federal government deals with the North, the way the North deals with the North, and the strategies uh, that people have to promote wellness and prosperity. And I'm, you know, I I feel a little bit cynical. I feel like it might be more of the same, more of it, but the same kind of uh, strategy. So hopefully I'm proven wrong. And then, you know, I'm an Arctic Council watcher, so I'm very curious what's going to happen with the Arctic Council ministerial. As I said before, I don't think there's that much uh, of of exciting things coming out of the Finnish chairmanship. Two things I will be watching for. One is a strategic plan that the Arctic Council has been working on, uh, you know, what it's going to do in the next five, ten years. And I'm curious if they have the, the, the will or the desire to, you know, transform some things. And it's an institution that was created in 1996 in a very different time. And it could probably use a little revamping. And I wonder if there's an appetite uh, on their part to do that. And the other thing is that the Finnish president is still talking about hosting an Arctic heads of state meeting, even though it would include Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. And even though they hosted a summit in Helsinki. And I think, frankly, they've been distracted by this. Uh, and it's uh, going to affect the rest of their chairmanship. 
And I'm very curious how that's going to play out. And you've, you've mentioned that in earlier conversations as well. And it's strange that we're still talking about it here at the end it's of the year. It's strange that we're still talking about it. And yet, you know, weeks ago, they were still talking about it. And now, and now they've chosen a topic, black carbon. And I, I, I just can't help but saying that at the beginning, this was only about having a meeting and the black carbon came after. And so to position it now as some kind of altruistic environmental message. And I was a summit looking for a topic. A lot to keep our eye on, and we'll be checking in with you over the near as well to help us make sense of some of this as it unfolds. Heather Exner-Perot, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Happy holidays.